the light. Amen. Let's pray together. Invite the Lord Jesus Christ, even though we know He's here. It's good to acknowledge His presence, the presence of the Father, and the Holy Spirit, and the angels, and Your Word to have preeminence here, Father, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. <coughs> As we were worshiping, you know, I think what we need to do is remove the front seats out of church. I don't know why they even have front seats in church. <coughs> Pretty soon we'd be meeting in the parking lot, I think. <coughs> it's kind of uh, kind of an odd thing. <coughs> but as I was, we were worshiping, I uh, hopefully noticed some things by 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 the I hope by God. But worship is kind of an interesting thing. It really has no purpose here on earth. There's no earthly purpose for worship. And as even for that, really, there is no earthly purpose for the gospel. See, now a lot of times, I mean, back in the day, I've been out of it for a while, but back in the day, people were trying to make, and churches are trying to make the gospel relative to people. Trying to make things relative to the world. The gospel has no, is not relative to this world. It's not relative to people. They're not like, okay, let's make this palatable. Jesus has no intention of doing that. The gospel and salvation is heavenly. It's from the kingdom of God. And we don't come, and this is why Paul actually says, he says, when I came to you, when I preached the gospel to you, I came with much fear and trembling. Why? Well, because Paul was a great orator. He could preach, he could talk, he could expound, he could be a Pharisee. But he said, I came to you with much fear and trembling that my, I would not convince you of something in after the manner of a man. I wanted to preach to you Christ and Him crucified. Because it would only be Christ, it would only be the Holy Spirit that could draw someone in an eternal way to reveal Jesus Christ as the Savior of the world. There is no re relevance <coughs> to this world. Now, I believe we are here, but my goal, our goal, needs to continually come back to glorifying Jesus Christ. And so, when we look at things, sometimes we get a little worn down because there's just some stuff here that just doesn't make any sense. You know, and fortunately or unfortunately, but just it's the way it is, we have a mind. And it seems to always be working, even in... Now, I got a little tickle, so... Does anybody have a mint? A cough drop or anything like that? Can I? Anybody have any chewing? No. <coughs> okay. Anyway, then you just have to put up with me coughing. <coughs> what is it? Sure, sure. Ham sandwich? Thank you. Thank you. Oh, that's a big one. This is a big one. This means it's going to be a long meeting. Oh, that's good. Hallelujah. <laughs> so as we were worshiping, I looked around and I noticed some of the children worshiping, what I would consider kind of in a more than just, you know, singing song way. And again, as, as a human being, we get overcome 
with, I'm not sure the right word, sympathetic, emotional, nice feelings. Somehow we kind of feel like if we could just all get along. You know, many times we get, that's why people get blown out of the church. That's why people get divorced. That's why people have fights. That's why, because we think that God came here so we could all just kumbaya. You know, but that's not the reason it came. And even when we read the scriptures, we kind of get it. But somehow going through life, I don't know if it's our upbringing in, in, or what it is. I think it's just basic human nature. We've read the Cinderella stories. We've read all these, and they lived happily ever after. I've never met a family that's lived happily ever after. I've never met a story in the scripture that lived happily ever after. But somehow we, we kind of like to get this, oh, isn't... And we think that's the end result. We really believe that that's what God is after, is this kind of, oh, aren't they nice children? Oh, they're such nice people. God has a lot of things to say about nice people, and most of it's not very nice. And I'm going to get back to worship, because this is what I believe the heart of worship is. We talk about God being a consuming fire. And so it's like, you know, again, that the first wave that came over was like, oh, isn't that nice? And then, hopefully, I think God began to reveal some things to me about worship. Worship, like I said, is a consuming fire, the refiner's fire. Now, what is the purpose of refining fire? We talked about a while. It's to heat things up, to cleanse them. So, in cleansing... Or in the work of the Holy Spirit, you don't just have one thing. You have two things. Many times we don't, again, we're not real good at walking in this dual um, kingdoms. There's two kingdoms, there's two natures in us. Even, you know, when, when uh, Rebecca, Rachel was homo, uh, pregnant, there was two kingdoms in her. One was the kingdom of the flesh, the natural, and one was a child of the promise. And these fight against one another. Galatians, as says, these two fight against one another. And these two natures are in us. But again, we as natural people just want to say, well, if God was really at work, it would just be good things would always happen. And one of my favorite scriptures is in, is in Proverbs. It says, by the increase of many oxen, you're made rich. But the barn's made dirty also. See, we kind of like, if you've ever had to work in a barn, it's a very obvious work. You do not come out untouched. Usually your clothes have a, a good odor to it, stays with you for a long time. But that's the way you make money. So we have these two natures that are within us. The refining fire is to produce the things that need to be cleansed, and then, for, for we'll just say, the gold. And many times when we see the junk that comes out, we get a little discouraged, don't we? But worship, which really is our whole life, is to actually produce that relationship with Jesus Christ that will produce those two things. And one of the great... stories about worship is the lady who comes with the alabaster box. It's worth a lot of money. And she breaks it and washes Jesus' feet. And, 
I'm not sure if there are two different stories, but the other one, she comes in and she weeps on Jesus' feet and washes and dries it with her hair. And immediately two things are produced. Have you been, maybe you're one of these people too, that look around and go, you see somebody maybe worshiping in a deep way and you go, how could they be worshiping like that? I know them. I know what they just, who did, how many people ever said this? I know nobody here because you're good Christians. Oh, yeah, who do they think they are? Well, that's a good question. That's exactly what God wants us. The people who are nice, the people who are good, the people who invited Jesus to dinner, they weren't worshiping. But the women that came in, the woman that came in, that knew not who Jesus was only, but knew who she was, was able to worship. And what that worship did was produce some other things. It produced some envy, some jealousy, some hatred, some self-righteousness in some people going, boy, if he knew who she was, he wouldn't be letting her touch him. And they got it all wrong. And many times I think for us we come into that same place. I think the deeper we worship the more we know who we really are. The more we know who much is forgiven, much, much loves much. And sometimes we just are sitting around because we've kind of, I think the word came, got complacent with, oh yeah, my sins are forgiven, moving on. But those that really worship, and you know, there's always a cost to worship. How many people, you know, we, we're getting old, we're getting tired, we're getting this, you had a hard week, it's hot outside. You know, I just don't, you know, we really don't have to get all excited about worship. We don't have to lift our hands. We don't have to stand up. We don't have to dance. We don't have to clap. I don't have to sing so loud. No, you don't have to. But you also don't get mentioned. She didn't have to carry on like that. She didn't have to come in and cry on Jesus' feet. But because she knew the desperateness in her own self, she knew the need within her own self, she knew that it had no relevance to this world whatsoever. Her whole life was consumed at that moment with glorifying and thanking Jesus Christ for the forgiveness that she has received because she needed to be forgiven much. And something we need to continually come back to. If I need to be forgiven much, when? Now! I might actually worship. I might actually not get caught up with the things of this world and start to... And I might actually let... If he knew who she was, he wouldn't let her touch him. It's exactly opposite. The more we know who we are, the closer we're going to come to Jesus. The more we're going to need forgiveness. The more we might be outside of ourselves to worship Him. <clears throat> and so, just a word of encouragement as these things go through, you know, as we're worshiping and going through life, these things come through your brain. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Because there's going to be some people in here that where do they get the nerve to worship? Well, they just might be so scuddy. They just might got a revelation that they're so bad, they just need to love Jesus today. Yeah. But the person is going, because those are the Pharisees, who does she think she is? Do you know she could actually have done something more relevant with that box? She just wasted that box. You know what she could have done? And this is another thing. See, we as people tend to think of righteousness and goodness as good works rather than a person named Jesus Christ. You know, if she really was a good person, you know what she would have done? 
She would have given that money to the poor. Then we could have said, look at me. The gospel has no relevancy to your being glorified, you being honored, you doing good works. It's all about honoring the Father through Jesus Christ. And that may, and it will, take on a ridiculous look in this world. And we're going to be talking about the purpose of God in the weeks to come. Because I believe it's, it's easy to forget that because it is so unrelevant in this world. It's so easy to forget those things. It'd be easy as you're going through life. The, young, the, 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 the rich the, the farmer said, man, I am doing so... How many people here... Now, I don't know, I'm just speaking for myself. How many people here are doing better than you did 20 years ago, 50, 40 years ago? I'm talking physically. I got saved. I had a backpack. I think there was four or five things in it. I think I had $5 in my wallet. Thought I was living well. And now, you mean you could say I'm blessed. The only thing is, I don't really like any of this stuff. It's the cares of this life. They're, they're, they're a bother. See, I already attained to something. I, you know, I go through that sometimes. Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice just to serve God with all the out, without all the bother? Has anybody else like that? How many people are bothered in this life? Yeah. And so we come to the Lord, and it's like He leaves us here in this world. And there are some of us like me that I already, you know. And then he says, I want you to start, this stuff bothers me. But see, sometimes we can get to be that, that rich man that says, wow, I'm doing pretty good now. Look at me. And he said, you know what I think I'll do? I'll tear down these barns and build bigger ones because I'm doing so well. And what does God say to you, fool? You missed the point. See, I think God does desire to prosper us. But without the right purpose and vision... And that is exactly what happened to the children of Israel and to the church. We consume it upon ourselves and we miss God's purpose and no longer are we worshiping. No longer is there a refiner's fire in the church. We've got a few little candles around. It says, oh yeah, well, that's, you know. I like, you know, most people like God if we keep them in his right place. You know, don't, don't. <clears throat> the Bible says, take my yoke upon you. It is a voluntary thing that I choose just like that woman, no one forced her. No one even suggested to her, go worship. Go make a fool of yourself. Go, go waste your entire life savings. Your inheritance. Most likely was an inheritance or a dowry or something that she was to have to pass on. She was wasting her entire life. And from the world's perspective, even from the Pharisees' perspective, they were enraged, saying, what a waste. But from God's perspective, it was not a waste. And we need to be people that are continually refreshed on God's perspective. And there will be no relevancy to this world. Abraham, get up. Go over here. Where are we going? I'll tell you when you get there. Noah wants you to build an ark. I was just reading. This is one of the weirdest things. How many people would like for God to give you a sign? Anybody here would like God to give him a sign? I bet Abraham was really waiting for a sign from God. And God comes down to Abraham and says, Okay, Abraham, I am making an eternal covenant with you. Anybody excited? God's great. And Abraham, God says, Okay, I'm going to give you a sign of that. 
Oh, good, what is it? You need to circumcise all the people, men in your house. That, what, what is, that is the, that's weird. And what's even weirder than that is he's got to go tell everybody that this is what God wants. What possible relevance is that? I mean, God is going to give me a sign of his eternal covenant? Would you pick that one? Now we're laughing because, oh, but how many times have you, has God spoken to you in those ridiculous terms? And it's so ridiculous. You know what you did? Because we miss that God is working in my life, not me. See, for me to take the yoke on means that I leave my life. And I say, see, and Martha was sharing this with me about these dogs that do the, what, therapeutic dogs? You take two in the morning or something? <clears throat> and they, they, they're trained to help people and stuff, but they, they have to go through past a hamburger without even looking at it. Now, that's not natural, is it? And when you're yoked with something, you know what? All those natural desires in the cow, the ox is still there. He's walking past something, and usually, you know where the greenest grass, if you've never worked on a farm, you know where the greenest grass is? Just on the other side of the fence. And you'll always see the cows doing that. And so here you're plowing like this, and the ox looks over there and goes, now what do you think rises up in him? I want to get that. Now, is it a bad thing? No, it's not a bad thing, but it is not the work he's been called to do. If we have been called to a work, there's certain things I will deny myself. But see, I can't even really deny myself. I have to choose to put my head in the... See, now if you would see an ox just walking over and eating that grass, you wouldn't think it was anything bad, would you? Except he's supposed to be yoked. Now this is where we're talking about this. The prudent man, the man that's able to discern and saying, oh, I'm not doing anything wrong, I'm just eating grass. But that yoke is empty. You are doing your own thing. The Pharisees that were at dinner with that, when that woman came in to worship, two different women actually at different times, they weren't doing anything wrong. They just weren't doing anything right. They were living their own life. We don't have to do bad things to be sinners. We are sinners. And by nature, I'm doing everything that I want to do. It's a sacrifice to worship. It's a sacrifice to serve God in this life. And what we're saying, is what the Bible is saying, is that that sacrifice is not worthy to be compared to the glory to come. Do you believe that when the grass is greener over there? Do you believe that when the most beautiful tree in the garden has a don't touch sign on it? Are you going to believe that when it's going to cost you your whole inheritance to worship Jesus? Is He the pearl of great price? And that's the thing that I have to answer every day. See, Paul makes this statement, and again, it's a yoke statement. Paul says, for me to live is Christ. Now, what is he really saying in that? It's a sacrifice. I know what's waiting for me is beatings, persecution, tribulation. He has a chapter, about a chapter, a good half a chapter on all the things that he gets. He's beaten up. He's hit with rods. He's whipped. He's fasting. He's in perils of the wilderness. He's in perils of the city. And he says, hallelujah, I'm doing this for God. But he says, for me to live is Christ. Do we yoke up with Christ in that same way and say, for me to live is no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. We must arm ourselves with that same mind that it is a sacrifice to be 
in this world to live as a Christian. Paul says, for me to live is Christ, sacrifice, worship, service. To die is what? Is gain. Now, how many people are we, we're trained to go after what? Gain. We're always trained to, well, I was offered a better job. I think I got to take it. I was offered this. I can get a better. Jesus was offered to be made king. It's a good deal. Jesus was offered this off to make these stones into bread. Jesus was offered not to go to the cross. Jesus was offered, 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 and he said, No, I am yoked with my Father. It make, and Pilate said, That makes no sense. There is no relevancy there. You're not hearing the Holy Spirit. We are to hear another voice that the world does not hear. The Bible says, Jesus says, talking to the Holy Spirit, you will receive Him, but the world will not receive Him. They will not understand it. They will not see it. But we are not to be like the world. We are to hear a voice that's different. Our goal is to be different. And my life should be one that shows that by a willing sacrifice of, I don't want that grass. Well, I really do want the grass, but I'm not going to eat it. You know, I'm, I really don't feel like worshiping today because I'm a real jerk, but that's all the more reason I want to worship. I really don't feel like changing my mind on that, but I'm going to change my mind on that, Lord Jesus. It is always a, a dying to ourself. Paul talk, I think it talks about... In, let's turn to that, Romans, and we'll finish up. <coughs> Romans. And I believe we do not meditate on these things. I believe we don't give ourselves to these things. I believe we don't stay yoked, and therefore it's easy to wander off while no one's looking. Or and now, I mean, while everybody's looking, just go eat some grass. It's medicinal now, I hear. I was a sick child. Okay. Romans. I believe chapter 8. Yes. How many of us have this view of our life? And if you don't have the view of the life, this, your life like this, we are just living as natural people. The end will be the same, but there will be no reward. There will be no honor. There will be no glory. Verse 35. Who shall separate us? from the love of Christ. Now, I find many people really worried about their relationship with Jesus. I've seen people leave the church because it threatens their relationship with Jesus. I've seen people leave there because it threatens, and you're coming between my relationship with me and Jesus. And you go in this, and it always comes down to, you, you know, it's my relationship with Jesus. He's saying that's impossible. As a matter of fact, Jesus did not think the relationship that he had with the Father was something that could be threatened or something that he should hold on to in himself. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. He didn't think it was worth, right to hold on to that. He thought his greatest calling in life was to do the will of God. And if that meant to become sin where the Father would actually turn His back. There was something, if you can hear me, and it fails me for words because it, it's only a language, that He counted His purpose for God greater than His relationship with God. 
He was willing to become sin. How repugnant. Can you think of anything more repugnant? And God is going to bring things to you as He talked about the conscience. Our conscience is not the highest guide that we have. God the Father and the Word of God must be. There's going to come things to you and to me that are going to seem repugnant as He brought them to Peter, as He would bring them to the prophets. Matter of fact, one of the prophets, he asked him to do something. He says, I can't do that. Don't make me do that. That is so repugnant. He said, okay, in that case, you don't have to use human dung. You can use cow dung. Now, I didn't make this up. See, there has to be something that changes us inside that says to me, to live is Christ and it's glorious. I am not living here for gain. I am not living here to get it together. Not even living here for a comfortable life. I am living here for God's purpose and that needs to grab hold of us and in every area there's going to come things that say that's, if you're leading me God then, that, then I'll, have to, I'll have to accept that I'm going to change my view I'm going to stay yoked I'm not going to eat that and that is the way God is going to be glorified in your midst and if we fail to see that see then pretty much we become a pretty I mean we can live a, the Pharisees I guess went to, invited Jesus to dinner I don't know, they probably were good people. I mean, Jesus wasn't rebuking them, yelling at them, saying, I'm not coming into your house. Kind of were there, but they weren't on fire for God. They weren't living for God's purpose. They were just, you know, kind of like this, until this woman would come in and worship. And then, when the true worshipers worship God in spirit and truth, you know what happens? Things are revealed. And their hearts were revealed in this woman's worship. Many times things are going to come into your hearts and lives are going to be revealed by something else that God is doing. And it's going to reveal to you how wicked you really are. Then you have a choice. You can say, oh, well, I just don't need and my relation. Or you can say, my God and my King, I receive that. It's going to cause great pain. But who can separate us from the love of God? And again, there has to come something... God, the Lord Jesus Christ, saw you, just as we prayed for the children. He created you, and He saved you. You did not choose Him. He has chosen you, and says, Who can take them out of my hand? Nobody can. But we're always so worried. Oh, well, this is going to happen, and I'm going to lose my relationship with... Hogwash! What foolishness! If God created you, if God saved you, the very gates of hell have been broken off. He raised from the dead. Who in the world or in this creation is going to be able to separate you from the love of God? What foolishness to even give place to that notion. Oh, well, they're going to destroy my relationship with God. If I do... That is a cop-out. That's what the Pharisees said. This man is going to re- ruin our religion. This man is going to ruin our country. Well, if that's what it takes to, to have God's kingdom come, let it be so then. What shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine? How many people have ever had any of these things happen to you? We live a pretty comfortable life, don't we? Might be one of the problems. We haven't learned how to endure some hardness. So here we have hardnesses. Oh, well, the pastor didn't say good morning to me. Or when the policeman gave me a ticket, he didn't smile. Or, and we get we so, and that's why I'm saying in, there's a spirit in this world that is taking away every risk, every suffering. There's an entitlement mentality that says it's owed. We are owed nothing but hell and damnation. Christ is the gift of God. But if I don't understand that, then God owes me this, and I think like this, and who do you think you are? And begins an arrogant 
nation, an arrogant people, an arrogant church that forgets from what they've been redeemed from. We ought to be a humble people that rely on God for keeping me, for saving me, and I have nothing. The things that Paul goes through, he listened here, I think he's saying this out of personal thing. Who's going to separate us from the love of God? Man's beat up. Man is drunk, taken out of the city one time. They thought he was dead. He said he bears in his body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. I think at some point in life, from what I understand, I don't know if you've ever seen anybody stoned. I haven't seen it personally, but I know people that have. Those ones, they don't like throw pebbles at you. They throw rocks that are meant to kill you, and at the very end they take a giant rock and they smash your head. People have seen this in Iran. He was stoned three times. I think when you looked at Paul, you didn't see a very attractive man like myself. I'm not going to say anything. And we're like, oh, well, no, see, I wanna, we want to present this kumbaya Jesus. There is no kumbaya Jesus. There's a Jesus that came to do war. There's a Jesus that came to take the keys of death, hell, and the grave out of the enemy. There's a Jesus that came to break the bonds of sin. There's a Jesus that came to give us victory. There may be, I don't even know if there's going to be a kumbaya in heaven. If it is, I'm probably not going to be there because I never liked that song anyway. I think there will be peace in heaven. I think there'll be some pretty wonderful times, but I can't even begin to imagine what that's going to be like. But that's not what I'm here to... Have you ever just sat around and imagined what it's going to be like in heaven? Have you ever imagined if you had a better husband? If your wife was only like vain imaginations, the Bible says, be careful. See, when you ever get in a wife fight with your husband and wife or in the church... Oh, that church always looks better. Oh, they don't do that over there. Oh, you know, my wife doesn't understand me as good as Susie Tutti Fruity. She always understands me. I don't want always understood. Most of the time what you need is not understanding. You need a good kick in the pants. I was thinking about this this morning. I don't know. One day I was, I, when we were in Turkey, I, really, I don't know what happened. Probably nothing. Sometimes I just go through things like that. And I had to preach in Turkish over there and things like that and dealing with all kinds of people. My wife actually got punched after one of the meetings. And it just, I mean, there was some stuff that went on. I'm just thinking about her. You know, you know the story. And I don't know what came on me one day. And I just, I just got totally discouraged. And I said, you know, I just can't do this anymore. I, you know, I have to study in English and Turkish. And I, I, you know, I don't even know what we're accomplishing here. And they take it like this. And I, I'm just not going to the meeting, hon. And you just go there and tell them I'm, I'm just giving up. She says, no, I'm not doing that. I said, no, you've got to do that. Go tell him I'm just not coming anymore. No, I'm not going to do that. If you're not going, I'm not going. Now, wouldn't it have been better if she was a submitted wife and just said, okay, husband, I'll do that. I'll tell you for sure. I think I'd be back in Yeti Khaleesiya doing something, you know, over there, just tending sheep and goats and stuff. over the, There's a mountain. Anyway, I'm sorry. See, I, get, I get pulled. I've got to keep my head in that yoke. And so what I'm trying to say is each person needs to be committed to the purpose. Because you know what the Bible says? You know why two are committed together? Do you know why you're yoked? Because if one falls, they both should fall and feel sorry for one another. How dumb! How dumb! Oh, they just don't understand. Yeah, I understand. Get up, you! Have you ever watched the movies? you ever watched boxing? I think you've had enough, Johnny. Don't let him punch you again. Throw the towel in. I'm watching these guys that are getting punched. The manager, you know, the, the boxer, the guy in the corner is going, 
When are you going to hit the guy? Get back out there and punch him. I mean, he's trying the best he can. You know, give the guy a break. Well, what you need is someone, I would recommend this for anybody getting married, anybody finding a church, find a church that people are going to hold your feet to the fire. Find your church that are going to say, I know how you're going through. I understand those things. Jesus was tempted at all points like as we are. But you know, he said, I overcame that. You're going to overcome it too. Don't do that. Ended up finally going to the meeting. She wouldn't do it. Said, you better do it. I'm telling you, I'm not going to that meeting. I, you remember that? Yeah. You do it, aren't you? <laughs> I said, Billy, I don't want to do this. I don't. Well, we're still here. And sometimes we still go through it. But see, I think sometimes if we forget our real purpose, wouldn't it just be nice if we could just all get along? The world isn't going to get along with you. The world has no intention of getting along with you. And actually, it's not God's intent that the world should do it. He came to send... Not peace. How many people here have been still looking for peace? Jesus has already given us His peace in Him. We have it! Hallelujah! Let's have it! But if you start looking for something you have you're going to end up going out with that strange woman. Because I could have found someone that would have went to that meeting and told them, Victor's really a nice guy. He's just a little tired. He's just a little worn out. I think Paul was a little worn out. I think he was a little fed up. I think he was a little abused. And you know what? The Holy Spirit says in him, go. And you know, and I know this is going to sound funny because it's not politically correct. It's time to stand up and be a man. Actually, the Bible says that. Stand up and be a man. Not a wuss. Not a nice guy. Not someone who understands. Sometimes it's just t- stand, time to stand up and do the right thing. And you know what most of the time you're going to get in this world? Spit in the face. Slapped on. And I'm talking from your friends. Jesus wasn't understood. But that's not what we're here for. If that's what it takes, Father, I know I feel like crying too. We're here to honor God. All right. Got a little sidetracked there. Who is going to separate you from the love of God? If this church can separate you from the love of God, you don't have a strong enough God, I make some decisions. If your wife can separate you from the love of God, boy, your husband, your children, your circumstances... You are not serving the God of this Bible. Then I need to make a choice. I can either whine about it, and you'll find people, there's always that woman out there that's been looking for you. I've been waiting for you. I've been waiting for you, Charlie. I've, everything's great. Come on. The bed is all great. I smell wonderful. I, I notice things like that. Yet, you notice women's perfume, and I don't mean to get weird here. My, I know the way my wife smells. I think she noticed the way I smell too, but sometimes not quite the same. But I, my wife wears Chanel, uh, not Chanel, I know what it is because I bought it. Shalimar, thank you. And I know the way she smells. But I'm also aware of these other fumes that go by. Have you ever noticed that? that don't look at me like I'm weird. I know you notice it because it's supposed to smell. Everybody's looking at me weird. Women, why do you wear perfume? So somebody notices myself. Now I'm talking about what's, what you're doing. You're like, I don't know what he's talking about. We don't, I don't, I don't know. And if your husband doesn't say, oh, wow, you smell good, you get upset. Now I say it, you think I'm weird. Well, you, it may be weird, but it's not because I'm saying that. 
But sometimes you'll notice things. Oh, that's a, and you, you immediately say what? Oh, that's a different scent. We're not supposed to be on the, another scent. You ever look at a bloodhound? They're not a real attractive dog. But I've always liked them. They're kind of like, you know, got all that skin and everything like that. But they, you know why they got bloodhounds? They stay on the scent. And you know what they try to do? They try to get them off the scent. You know how you get them off the scent? By giving them another scent. And usually it's another scent that they might like better. Stay on the scent. We're sent, actually, to stay on the scent. All right. I need to view my life in a certain perspective. And I need to bring myself back. Because if not, the cares of this life pretty much... How many people know they need to really serve God, but we also need to look out for ourselves too? I mean, there's a limit to what we know. But there's going to come a test. And it's going to seem to make sense. Because everybody else is doing it. And even if everybody else wasn't doing it, it would seem right to you. There's a way that seems right unto a man. After... A hundred years. We can't relate to a hundred years. But Noah built an ark for 120 years. How many people, after doing the same thing for 10 years, think this is ridiculous, nothing's happening? We should have more people by now. I should be richer by now. I should have been, I should have been. No. Who gave you that? Who told you that? Adam, who told you you were naked? Oh, no, I figured it out myself. God was smarter than that. He didn't say, man, Adam... Gave you a brain, and now you're using it. You figured out you're naked. Hallelujah. He said, who told you that? There's certain things you know that you're not supposed to have known. The devil has told you. And we, well, I've been doing this for 10 years. It should be better by now. The Lord Jesus Christ, God Almighty, worked with people for three or three and a half years. They should have been better than that. They weren't going to gospel outreach. They weren't under some missionary guy. They were with the Lord Jesus Christ. They had done miracles, seen miracles. They had seen the, the res- they had seen the transformation. And at the end of it, you know what he had? People that were yoked. And even after the resurrection, when they were able to put their hands in his side and see the prince, they still had problems doesn't matter. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And if you're looking for results, this is where we need to be looking. Sometimes I think, oh man, I've done it so many, now I'm just going to try this one way. No, I need to try this one way. <coughs> Count our lives as this. Excuse me. As it is written, for your sake we are killed all the day long. Now, how many of us take that attitude? Very good. (laughs) Most of the time I think, man, it's not fair. I have my own life. When is something good going to happen to me? I'm tired of doing this and then I you know, depending on your circumstances. See, I might say, man, I'm just tired of preaching to all these people. They just don't get it. And you might be saying, man, I'm tired of coming here and say the same old things every day. Right? Man, we know that one. Well, 
There's nothing new. Peter actually says, for me to remind you of these things isn't hard for me, but they're necessary. And here's the next kicker. Jesus said, happy are you if you do them. You're going to be sick to your stomach if all you do is hear them and don't do them. See, at some point, Isaac had to buy into where his father was at, the guy who tried to kill him on the mountain. Okay, well, he was 13, little kid thinking. He's now over 40 years old waiting to be married. And if you've been in anywhere, I was going to say the Middle East, but there's probably a lot of good-looking women around there. And you've seen the Middle East movies there, you know. <laughs> Have Shalimar all over the place. <laughs> and he would say, he could have become very discouraged. Nah, I'm tired of listening to Dad. Last time I listened to him, he was at me on a mountain with a knife. I'm just, you know, on here, you know. Isaac, Ishmael. He's over here, he's running around, he's got a harem full of women, and he's doing this, and he's got that. Fire. This is the garbage. This is what God has. I have to now count what I cannot see as the promises of God. And his life then said, I have to do it this way. It's been 40 years. See, 40 years we can relate to. Oh, man. <laughs> it's been two weeks. As it is written, we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Do you put your life in that perspective? Is it yoke? Lord, now, who is in the yoke with the other oxen? It's not the owner. I have never seen a farmer <laughs> I've had it, hon. I just can't do it anymore. Tell him I'm not coming. Everybody goes, yes, good. No. It's not the owner that's in there. He puts you with another ox. Can everybody say moo? He's going to give you a sign. Everybody want a sign from God? Be careful. It might be like circumcision. Here's your sign. I mean, I was looking for a sign before I knew God. I was always looking for signs. <coughs> no fishing. Beware of dog. <coughs> and it was like... Now, see, an evil generation looks for signs and wonders. Man, something should be happening. Here's the sign. I live in the body. Ew! Unless I get my mind wrapped around that my life is not my own, I am here to be killed all the day long. And how do we die? By serving one another. By putting down my ideas and my life. To the <coughs> See, there is something that God is saying here about who can separate us from the love of God. There has got to, and hear me well, like I said, it fails me to, you're going to have to grasp this. <coughs> because it is my relationship with God. But there has got to be something that actually supersedes my idea of my relationship with God. And that is, and this is why he gives us this work in Ephesians chapter 5, chapter 4. Unless I see my life building the church, 
then I really have no direction whatsoever. There must be something that keeps me in this relationship with God. Besides this, well, i got to have this relationship. No. Jesus said, I don't hold on to that. I know my relationship with my Father is in doing the will of my Father. And in so doing, I am hammered and extruded into that shape, into that vessel which God has designed to use me as. But if we do not allow His work to take place in us, I am never changed. And I hold on to my own values and my ideas. I keep God somewhat at a distance. I kind of like have a, a, a slinky yoke. You know what a slinky is? Remember the slinkies? Kind of, and it's like, okay, well, I'm walking with Jesus, but I think I'm going to go over here today, and I'm going to go over here today, and I won't do this. No, a yoke is a yoke is a fairly. Imp- <clears throat> have you ever seen a yoke? It's a, it's a kind of a. Imp- it's not a little. If um, silk string, it's something that man. Wow, I'm aware of this. You know, and it's something that affects the way I walk. It affects the way I think. It affects everything I do. Not. Oh, well, we went to church on Sunday. Yeah, that's great. Now, I, you know, I've kind of had my own ideas on this. I've always done this. I do this. I don't see anything wrong with it because I see every... I mean, all the Pharisees here are doing... That lady, did you just see what she did? And we know what kind of... That's exactly what I wanted it to produce. When those kind of things rise up in us, that's the dross. It's not the gold. And many of us say, aha, see, I... No, there's something else that God wants to bring out. And it's really... <coughs> Count your life as not your own. You are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Did you feel a rising amen in that? They're not like, wow, pray. That's what we should be. This is, see, God's giving us a sign. We should be saying, thank God, hallelujah, I'm willing to die every day for Jesus Christ right here. Wow, <clears throat> hallelujah. Now, see, that's something that's going to have to, I couldn't preach that. How could I, how could I make that acceptable to you? How could I make that? Unless God is speaking to you and your heart burns. See, the, the, the people said on the road to Emmaus, they decided, didn't the heart burn when we heard him talking about that? <laughs> okay, we're going to talk more about that purpose because unless our lives are centered on God's purpose, and that means that we are to honor God, everything else I, I'm not able to discern properly. Pretty much do what I want to do when I want to do it. Uh, I have no, no constraint on my life. I go to church. I'm a good person generally. But there's no, let me wash your feet with my hair. Let me. There's no life changing witness. There's no idea that says, you know what? I am not. I am not my own. See, why does Ish- Isaac obey his father? Because he understands as a principle in God that it is God that I am here to honor my Father. There are certain things that I do, not because I can even prove them scripturally, but there are things that I've been instructed by my fathers in the Lord that I say, you know what? I know that there's a principle that if I honor the Word, then I honor you to do that. And in so doing, the will of God is fulfilled. Oh, well, you don't have to do that. Let me show you this. Isaac, you can... Abraham, you can... No, no, no. This is what I've been instructed to do. And I hear that as my instruction in God. Just as Father would talk to Jesus. Jesus, I'd like you to go to the cross. And then 
any other things he could do. Now see, when we hear that, we go, well, of course Jesus would go to the cross. Well, Christ lives in you, and the Holy Spirit now is... Many of you are not going to be called. All, probably, I'm going to venture out here. All of you probably are not going to be called to go to an actual cross. But the Son of God in you is responding to the Holy Spirit that there's another cross that would be... Oh, well, I do that because I honor my Father. See, I do this because I... Well, that's just silly. It's only silly because you don't hear God. God said, that is of great value because you're honoring me. Oh, my life is not my own. I am here to glorify God. Now, there is a specific way in which that takes place for you. And that, now again, that can get pretty weird. But see, the you has to also be placed into the body. See, we think, oh, I have my own personal... See, my finger has its own personal relationship with all the other getting nutrients and stuff. But it doesn't just float around and in the ear. And It understands that the, its personal relationship is meant for it to stay in the body. See? And if that personal relationship does not fulfill the purpose, you have cancer. You have fingers growing out. You, it's, you'd say, man, that's wrong. So my relationship with Jesus Christ is going to be shown through the manifestation of the wholeness of the body. Now, did you follow that? No, I'm just in my personal... Re- no. That means that's there. My personal relationship would mean, oh, then I, I'm a finger. How many people want to be a, a, turn, um, a fingernail? Well, no, but that's... Man, a fingernail is a pretty good thing. Could you imagine your fingernail didn't want... It just had its own personal relationship wanted to be a little bit... Just kind of like in the nighttime, walk over here and be on your nose in the morning? First of all, your underneath your fingernail would be very owie. And your, your nose would not look so nice. But see, we kind of have Christians, oh, yeah, I'm just kind of doing... No, no, no. You find your place in the body and let God direct you there. All right? You understand that? Okay, with that short thing in mind, let's turn our Bibles now to Proverbs <coughs> chapter 3. Take my yoke upon you. We'll talk about that later. Chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. This is kind of what we're talking about. And lean not to your own understanding. How many people naturally lean to your own understanding? Going out almost all through the day. I think I'll do this. think I'll buy a soda. think I'll do this. Now, some of that stuff really can be okay. But I'm telling you, much of that just creeps in over time. Well, you know, wow. Now, again, my, my circumstances may be a little bit different, but maybe that's just that way to be an example to you. I could buy a soda. I mean, I never did, 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 did stuff like that too much. And I didn't have, you know, anyway. And now I found out, especially I was working, I could go to Circle K. Those machines always fascinate me. I mean, they have the... I mean, how many soda selections could you possibly have? And it's like, wow! You get the big cup and you can, you can almost taste it on a hot day. And you go out there and, and I actually pay... I got a soda! Now, you might think, well, that's pretty silly. But pretty soon I say, I got a soda. You know what? Then I can get a hot dog. And I don't do that anymore. They used to be two for 49... Two for 99 cents? Back in the day, that was a good deal. But now it's not... Anyway... <coughs> And then pretty soon I found out, wow, I can do this, I can do this, I can do that. And you know what happens? Pretty soon I can start doing, I start making my own decisions. 
Have you noticed that with children? At first, they can't do anything on their own. They have to cry to be fed. They have to be cried to be changed. And anything you give, oh, thank you, Mom. Thank you, Dad. Oh, this looks beautiful. Oh, this is wonderful. They love to eat everything. And then pretty soon they realize, I remember the first time, all the children have done it, but just recently, they like to be helped up the stairs when they're very young babies. And then something happens. Come on, I'll do it myself. Come on, I want you to wear, I don't like that dress. I don't like that food. Now, I know none of you do that. <clears throat> now, how many people's minds are thinking, oh, but that's okay, that's all right to like certain things and not like certain things. You know that I think some Jewish people actually like pork? I mean, who doesn't like shrimp? Well, somebody doesn't like shrimp. But <clears throat> who doesn't like, I mean, how many, I think Hasidic Jews, unless you buy into it, I think they'd like to look normal going through the airport. I mean, I get stared out, but I mean, they get like, you know, hey, there goes some Jews as if they didn't know. There's something in them that says, you know what, why can't we just have a ham and cheese sandwich like everybody else? Because God has ordered us not to. Now, I don't, I don't understand why, just like I don't understand why he gives a circumcision of these funny things or... But I said, Lord, let, let it work in me. Lean not to your own understanding. <clears throat> and I tell you, it's a work. Because most of you can buy sodas on your own. You can buy your own clothes. You can figure out what you want, what you don't like. But you know what? I've got to learn that that's not, that is not even up to me. Now, if you, that's, that's exactly right. There's certain things that I need to, be, I need to be trained. Lord, this is my life. What would you like me to do? Now, Jesus' life, it was ordered. He says, well, uh, you know, I don't really like Nazareth. I like a bigger town. I like something more like a little Orient. Can we, like, be raised in Peking? I think I like the, for the food there. That's pretty good food. I don't like this Jewish food too much. But Chinese food, I'm really into. And, uh, you know, by the way, I, I like, you know, could, we, could I be born a few hundred years later? Because I really like, you know, trolley cars. He didn't have that choice. He didn't have that choice. Well, I guess he did because he could have said, boom, but man, he doesn't do stuff like that. We also then see to say, oh, this is the way my father wants me to live. I think I'll live that way. And pretty soon I let that become my own. <clears throat> Trust in the Lord and lean not to your own understanding. In, <coughs> what does your Bible say? In what? How about the ones just on Sunday? How about just your spiritual ways? How about this one? It's none of your business. <laughs> the way I, well, no, you're absolutely right. You don't have to put your head in the yoke. But the Bible says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Okay, Lord, what does that mean? Okay, I'll, I'll do that. Now, see, I, <clears throat> let me just share. I, 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 I don't, I'm trying to share with you a concept. Don't hear the exact words. <clears throat> and many times we don't understand the things that God is working. At a very young age in the Lord, I was not taught, but I was Jim Durkin. Most of you know Jim Durkin. I've heard of him, Father in the Lord to me, you know, raised me up in, in God. He doesn't drink alcohol. And he actually said, can't show you that in the Bible. I just choose not to drink. Gave some reasons. I mean, they were about as good reasons as circumcision is. And uh, I said, okay, you know, and, and I, I, for most of the time I tried to honor that. Occasionally I would drink here and there. Because basically, again, culturally, I'm Armenian. We invented wine. Noah. Noah Yan. And <coughs> he was, you know, he, you remember Noah? He got drunk. You know where he landed? He landed in Armenia. 
Okay, so this goes way back. It's part of my roots. It's part of my culture. And, 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 and as a matter of fact, the, the church at Akhtamar, the Armenian church, it has grapes everywhere. And I don't think they were eating them. It has grapes in st- everywhere. And a matter of fact, if you go to the, the people in Iran today, once they found, oh, you're Armenian. You make great wine, don't you? And so I said, yeah. I'm, and we used to drink, I mean, a gallon of wine at no, no problem at dinner. When we get drunk, we just drank all the time. Part of my, And we all know nowadays that culture and being ethnic is the most important. I actually told a white missionary, and he wasn't, I'm just saying that. He was over in Turkey, and he kind of like trying to be Kurdish, you know, and he stood out like he was a giant white guy. And I'm saying, it ain't, ain't going to work. And he said, well, you really, you know this, you got to really be into the culture. And I blew him out. And I said, culture means nothing to God. <laughs> God doesn't, I said, some things are culture, and some things just are stupid. So you don't do stupid things because of your, they're your culture. Are you following what I'm saying a little bit? I'm just giving you a little bit of smattering, pointing out my own soul to you. And so here we are, like I said, and then at one point I said, you know what, I think I'm just going to just abstain from that and just not drink. I'm just not going to do that because I don't believe that's my instruction in God. So years later, unbeknownst to me, we end up in Turkey. <coughs> and we stood out. And eventually it stood out many times to the Christian people that came to us. Do you know why? We didn't drink. And all the t- Christians or tourists that they knew drink, especially the Armenians. You wanted to get drunk in Iran since it's a haram, or you know, uh, you're not allowed to have alcohol as a Muslim. Do you know where you go? You go to Bedoyan's house, <laughs> and they would have the wine and the pork and everything else <laughs> that you couldn't have. And so they found this tremendously fascinating that there was something greater than my heritage or my right or what they would consider Christian to do. Now I didn't know that, and. <clears throat> And, and a lot of the Muslims, you know, they, they like to be self-righteous. We, you know, of course they all, almost all drank. You could, they said, oh, and you probably drink. I said, no, I don't. And now I said, if I'm going to be killed, I'd rather be killed for the Lord Jesus Christ than having a Budweiser. All right. <clears throat> now, again, am I saying, man, oh, but I'm telling you, if you drink, you will go to hell? And go-. No, I'm just saying that's not my instruction. And what, what I believe the scripture is saying, we're to hear instruction say, let that mold my thinking. Not that the drinking is the issue or the how long your skirt is or your hair. None of those things. Oh, it changes my thinking on how to view things. Are you following that? All right. Okay, lean in all your ways, acknowledge him. Now, in all your ways, if you acknowledge him, something's going to happen. What's going to happen? He is going to direct your path. Now, many times when he directs your path, as he said to Peter, it's not going to be the way you wanted to go. So in acknowledging him in all your ways, he will direct your path. You're going to be yoked. When you're yoked, you're going to feel a pulling. When you're yoked, you're going to feel a pulling both ways. But if you're acknowledging him in all your ways, the pulling will be... I want to eat that, but I'm going, and pretty soon, oh, okay, yes. I, now I understand what that means. But many times we stop the yoke. We don't acknowledge him in all that we do. We acknowledge him and say, okay, thank you, God, but I think I'll eat that grass. Uh, thank you, God, but I think I won't do that. Thank you, God, but I won't do that. Peter, when you were young, you did what you wanted. But there's coming a time when I'm going to direct you. Let me direct you. <clears throat> Verse 7, be not wise in your own eyes. We talked about that a little bit. Most of the time, we, we always like to think that we're smarter than anybody else in the room. 
Because when you're given instruction, which this whole book of Proverbs is, what do you say? No, I don't want to do that. No, I don't think that's true. No, I'm not a sinner. No, I can do that if I want. No. That's what's saying not to be. Don't be wise in your own eyes. A wise man... Well, I've studied and I know some things. wise man doesn't talk like that. A wise man hears instruction and says, Well, thank you. I'll consider that and I'll walk in that. I appreciate that. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Okay? Be not wise in your own eyes. <clears throat> Fear the Lord... Now, what does that mean to fear the Lord? You give Him the honor and the respect, and you say, Lord, I do what you want me to do. And depart from evil. Now, how many people here say, Amen, I depart from evil? Until she looks like that good-looking woman in Proverbs 7. We need the discernment that said, that grass doesn't look evil. As a matter of fact, the grass itself is not evil, but it, the lust in us makes it evil. So, I'm just doing this, I'm, but that's not what God had you. Lord... I fear you, therefore I don't give place to that. I s turn away from evil. And I, now, you know what? You need to be taught what evil is. See, when I came to the Lord, I didn't know what evil was. I mean, you kind of have a conscience, but pretty soon I seared that very... Didn't know running around was... I mean, Jim Durkin used to have to talk to people. There'd be people that, you know, come to the, the community, people getting saved, and they'd be running around naked. They'd, we, we don't do that. Well, what do you mean? Now, see, we have to teach people, like I said about children. See, children come into the world naked, and you have to teach them how to get dressed. Then you have to teach them how to... See, oh, well, I think I know what's right and wrong. No, you don't, you fool. You don't know that. Fear the Lord and learn about it. Don't do this. Okay, don't do that. And slowly my mind is chained. Now, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to need to move on. Proverbs chapter 12. I'm going to finish this up because this is the way it comes. Remember, this is Christ is living in his body. Christ has got a purpose. And it's not the owner that's in with the other ox. It's other oxen. You need to recognize the hand of God. Fear God. Acknowledge him in all your ways. And have my thoughts transformed. Proverbs 12, 15. The way of the fool. As a matter of fact, we could actually say this a better way. I like it better. The way of the smart man is right in his own eyes. Well, I think I know something. No one tells me what to do. I think I make my own decisions. The Bible says that's not right. But he that hearkens to what? <clears throat> now, I want you to hear this well. And who is speaking here? Who is speaking here? It's God. How many people say, well, I only listen to the voice of God. He just spoke. Well, no, I only... I thank you for your counsel, brother, but unless I hear God... I just heard God. Now, by faith, I need to exercise that. He that hearkens, obeys to counsel, will be wise. You know, how many, you know why we have a lot of stupid people in church? Because we don't hearken to counsel. I think I'll figure it out myself. I think I know some things. The Bible says you're a fool then. Now, are you hearing me? Okay, now, so get, get happy about it. This is God speaking here. I think we should be pretty happy. I'm a, I've been a fool all my life. I deal, I'm, not, I'm an attained. I still got that part of me. I don't want to do this. I don't see that. And man, I'm, I'm glad I got a wife sometime that just kind of says, no, you're, I'm not going either. You're going to have to do this. It makes me face up to be what I need to do. Sometimes it would be nice when she wasn't that way. <laughs> okay. Proverbs 19.20. This idea of counsel. Deep in the heart of God. 1920. 
hear counsel and receive instruction. You know, we, 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 don't, we kind of pride ourselves on not receiving instruction. Yeah, a man told me what to do. I didn't do it. Yeah, a cop told me this. I didn't tell him to spit in his eye. And yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I told that pastor he was, yeah. And I know we don't always do that, but no, I, yeah, he tried to tell me the scripture was like this, but I showed him about six others that said, I don't want to hear nonsense like that. Kind of fool. Well, Jesus was telling us about this, but I showed him that, the, well, he's not really the Messiah. You fool. Hear the counsel that God is giving you. Your mind and life will be changed. Hear counsel and receive instruction. Instruction is going to come. Victor, you need to start wearing clothes. Victor, you need to put away your idols. Victor, that's not the way you serve God. Victor, this is what you should do. Well, I'm a t- instruction means instruction. You ever see, like, we can do it with a car, but horses are a little... You know, you ever watch the old cowboy? They're instructing that horse, turn right, turn left. And what does the horse do? Now, the horse is bigger. It doesn't have to listen, but it's been trained to listen to the master's hand. Now, a wild horse doesn't do that, but a trained horse responds quickly to... Okay, got that. Wild horse says, I'll show that guy. He pulls on that thing. He's off my back. We got a lot of Christians like that. Hey, shit, I just showed that church a thing or two in the past week. Gave him a bum leg. Don't do that. I guess I gave him a piece of my mind. Well, you don't have much left then. Be not... Okay. Why should you receive instruction and hear counsel? So you can be wise when? In the latter time. In the latter time. 20, <coughs> verse 5. Now, this is, a, this is, I think, is a key here. Counsel in the heart of a man is like deep water. Now, how many people here do not generally hear a lot of counsel? Any, can I show, here, show of hands? How many people just, man, I, nobody ever counsels me. Nobody ever talks with me. And we, you know what we generally like to do? We like to blame. They never come to my house and talk to me. They never. That's not what God's point of view is. The people that got healed from Jesus, Jesus wasn't looking for them. They were looking for Jesus. The woman that worshipped didn't come and say, worship me. She came to Him. This whole idea, though, they don't love me, they don't come to my house, they don't counsel me, it's your fault. Get up and start doing what you want to do. That's just my opinion. Um, counsel is in the heart of man like deep water but a man of understanding what will he do he'll draw it out wait a minute you know I'm thinking about doing something or I'm you know what let me man I'm going to go ask I'm going to go talk to I'm going to think about this what do you and now see he's drawing it out not like I guess they didn't tell me what to do so I just didn't when you're thirsty you know what you do the water doesn't come to you you go to oh that water was good oh I guess, I guess that water doesn't like me. I guess I'll just sit here and die of thirst. I'll teach him. No. This, see, it's not like, oh, I guess i got to get counsel. Oh, I know. That's something I want to do. That's something I want to do. I think I'll, I'll practice it. Now, that's going to be through practice. Most men will proclaim every man his own goodness. Well, let me tell you what I think. I'll tell you about this. I believe this. I... But a faithful man. Father, what would you like? Father... I've obeyed you today. Father, I've done what you've asked me to do. A faithful man. Not a person who's a know-it-all. Not a person who's... That's not what God's looking for. 
20, 18. Every purpose is established by counsel. Got some things you're working on? They're not going to be established without some counsel. And every good and with good advice make war. I need some advice here. I need some input here. Now, okay. <clears throat> okay, we have to draw that out. 24, verse 6. For by counsel, by wise counsel, thou shalt make war. Again, that same thing. You got something coming up? Get some instruction on it. Get some counsel. And in a multitude of counsel, there's safety. Sometimes I say, man, why did you do this? Well, I asked Susie, and she, she thought it was a good idea. In a multitude of counsel. Well, what do you think, Joe? I'm doing this. And said, How many people have ever heard this? Well, I didn't know they were doing that. I didn't know they were doing that. I didn't know we were doing that. You're not talking enough. You're not asking enough. You're not drawing out enough water. You're not looking for counsel. Well, nobody came and asked. That's your problem. That's what God is trying to say. That's not the way I work. I work by you coming and drawing it out. Verse chapter 27. <clears throat> this is, I think, the keystone. <clears throat> See, oh man, now he's telling us We've got to ask permission to do everything. Oh, now I guess before I do anything, I've got to ask. You're missing it. Don't come back. If that's what you're hearing, you're not hearing God. Oh, man, this is a bummer. Now I know. Nope, you're not hearing it. Man, I wish I wasn't a Christian because then before I could always drink. This is a bummer. No, no. Go, go drink. I'm not advocating that. I'm just saying you're, you're missing it. Let something else work in you. 27, verse 9. Ointment. We talked about this. You thought I was just making this up about perfume. God likes smelly people. <clears throat> Ointment and perfume rejoice the heart. See? So does the sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel. It's not something like, oh, I guess we've got to go ask, you know, Mary today what i got to do. I guess we got... Oh, it's like putting Shalimar on. It's like saying, oh, this is something I want to do. It's the sweetness of a man's friend and hearty counsel. It's something, you know what I'm thinking about doing this? I'm thinking about maybe getting some ideas. You know what I'd like? You know what I want to do then? Let me go talk to Aaron about that. I'm going to go talk to Scott. I'm going to let Micah know what I'm doing. I'm going to let this, I'm going to let, and not only like, oh, God, uh, brothers, I've got to ask you for some counsel. I'm just thinking about this. I'm doing this. And, and pretty soon, you know what? You're covered because, I didn't know they were doing... How many people, when you, when you hear that, I didn't know they were doing that? You already thought the guy was doing something wrong. Because it's like, well, I didn't know they were doing that. Well, I didn't know the church was... Well, I didn't know we were having... Po- I didn't know... Talk! Get out... Oh! See, but again, like ointment, you know what? You know when you put perfume on? It doesn't just stay right there. My wife puts it on in the bedroom. I know it in the living room. And if we're actually not hiding our life, but our, it's out there, we should be like, oh... Well, I know Pat was doing that. Well, I knew Scott was doing that. Well, I know, yeah, of course we're doing that. Because it's being spread abroad. And I'm not just leaning on my own understanding. I'm drawing out counsel. It's something that I'm saying, oh, wait, I want to draw this out. I don't want to just make my own decisions. Because now God is speaking to me on how to hear him, how to hear his voice. How many people want to know the voice of God? Well, he's telling me, oh, 
get some counsel. Now, the, the, the problem is many times the things, God's voice is not going to be something you naturally wanted to hear. Abraham, going to give you the mark of the covenant. Uh, that's not that going to work. I ain't doing this. Nobody else is going to buy this. You know how many servants I've got in the house? I ain't, I ain't doing this. He was, I think he was 99 years old at that time. Close to that. It wasn't like, you know, wow. Well, do we count our life? How do you count your life? Dear unto yourself? Paul says, I don't count my life dear unto myself, otherwise I wouldn't be going to Jerusalem. Otherwise I wouldn't be involved in this. I count my life as a lamb to the slaughterer. Father, I'm a sweet-smelling sacrifice. Father, let me adapt and adopt your ideas and let me walk in them. And that is the way my life will be laid down. And there is no relevancy to this world. Because the world says, man, you want to just do it, you go ahead and do it. You don't need permission to do nothing. You could just show That sounds real good. I'd live like that for a long time. Man, wouldn't that be great? And sometimes it still comes. Man, I'd just love to be out of here and just do my own thing. Man, I don't need the pressure. And I'll, I'll... this is the one, and I'll still serve Jesus. Well, the finger can't serve the body unless it's attached to the body. And the finger's always getting counsel from the hand. And the hand is getting counsel from the arm. And the arm is getting counsel from the shoulder. And the shoulder bone's connected to the neck bone. Neck bone's connected to the... And here... And, and that, 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 that's, that's an old black spiritual hymn. Hear the word of the Lord. Because the brain doesn't talk to the finger directly. Oh, wait. Now, wait a minute. Is that, is that bothering some people's doctrine? He says, this is the way I'm going to do it. You get yoked together, and when you're doing the work that I have for you to do, your life is transformed, and it's a sweet-smelling sacrifice. And when you're doing the Word of God, is a sacrifice. Not always like, a, like, man, I just... But I say, you know what? I'm going to draw out some counsel. I'm going to start telling people what I think. Because, you know, in telling people what I think, not always like, oh, I'm go- hey, I'm going to do this. What do you think? You're not really asking for advice. You're telling you better agree with me or I'm out of here. Or I'm going to yell at you. Um, you know, sometimes I just say, hey, I'm thinking about painting this and I'm just going to, I'm going to paint something blue and blah, 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 like that. Well, you know what? I, I, then they might say, you know, blue might not be the best color for that because my, oh, I never thought of that. Well, let me think. And, then you, and what about this? And, see, sometimes I get an idea, but I don't know how to do it. So I say, hey, I got this wonderful idea. What do you think about that? Many times the idea is not as wonderful as I thought. <laughs> but sometimes the general idea is a good idea. But I don't know whether to paint it blue or how to... Someone says, oh, well, why don't you do... Oh, I say, okay, what... Oh. And pretty soon the body then is all working together because we love the Word of God. Are you following... Are you, how many people kind of get an understanding of what I'm saying? Don't be afraid to say no because I won't preach anymore. But we're going to... We'll, we'll work on it. But I want to get through that, that counsel. Read the book of Proverbs. You have those things. There's a tremendous amount on, a, on hearing instruction and wisdom. Now, uh, let's remember... Uh, Virginia had some prayer requests. She wants us to remember her in prayer and some special needs. So as we close, we're just going to remember her and be dismissed. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen.